Hey everyone, this is Sam Culpepper bringing you the Culpepper Chronicles, where myself and special guests hope to bring you, the listener, more information in regards to self-sufficiency, fieldcraft, survival, marksmanship, gear, and theory with the aids of not only personal experience and opinion, but historical and technical documentation as well. All in the hopes to better prepare you for impending collapse and hard times to come. Now, pull up a seat and let's get down to it. This is Sam coming to you with another episode of the Culpepper Chronicles. Tonight, I have none other than the uh, long missed operator. Dude took a hiatus on us from uh, Instagram, finally came back. You know, we were wondering if we were going to see him or not. So, we're going to catch up, see kind of what he's been up to, and talk about some pretty interesting topics tonight, hopefully. So, man, take it away. All right. Yeah. So uh, I decided to make my comeback after getting back from Darcy. Shout out to uh, Richard Mason. And yeah, the, man, uh, I, love, I love Darcy. I wish I could opt for out there more. I'm right down the road from him. Yeah, dude, you got to go out there. It was uh, it was eye opening. I mean, like, especially it's funny. The community by far and large has moved to like field craft, going out into the woods, patrolling. And it's funny that I've sort of like I'm not going to say regressed. But, like, I kind of, like, bouncing back to, like, the CQV stuff and kind of looking at it. And it's like, okay, well, you know, like, I, I can't neglect this. And I think, I think you know, Darcy, you know, six – I was there for six days doing the Op 4 thing. And you definitely get a lot of trigger time in close quarters. And all the marks of shame, all the little, like, pimples and whatever that UTM and sim rounds leave all over your body really kind of open your eyes. Just like, oh, man – if this was real life, I'd be dead or, you know, I'd be missing an arm or this and yeah. that. So, yeah. so Brent, I remember it's been a long, it's been a while since I was there. I mean, it was back before, back before we had our, the kids. So it's been at least five years. Uh, and I remember going with kind of the crew that I was running with then. And you can learn a lot there as op for. Um, yeah. There, there are some things that I understand they're done a certain way because like as op for, you're not there. Uh, you, you didn't pay to be there right like you're there as a training aid so there are things that are done to make it it better or more conducive to training like when i went and i don't know if this is ever this has changed so i can only speak to five years ago but it was like the rule of like heroes never die so it's like op four goes down if they've been hit it doesn't matter how many times you hit those coming into the building like they're going to keep walking through the progression of of the building so like there there was always that aspect that kind of got me because it was like I'm, I'm shooting every living piss out of this dude like i've dumped half a mag into him and he's just kind of keeping on keeping on like it's yeah not a deal, but like he hits me one time and i'm supposed to go down until you know a certain uh soft drink is yelled out yeah no but, for sure i mean that's just kind of the nature of the beast though right that, that's op fouring for like any organization yeah, and, and that's what I've been told, like, as the years went on, I'd, I'd say that to me, like, oh, that's 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 op four, man. Like, that's just how it is. And I get it. Like, I'm there as a training aid. And if you're smart about it and you, and, you, and you are really just cognizant of what's going on, you can learn a ton even as yeah. op four there. It, even if it's just like, hey, this is how I set up my kit, and I'm finding out it does or does not work. Like, even little things yeah. like that. Yeah, no, and, th- and that was kind of one of the things that was evident pretty early on is, like, if your kit wasn't on point, if you're – if you come in there, even as op four, because I mean, look, the fact of the matter is, and I'm sure you know this, if you go in there and this is your like second or third time holding your AR and like doing reloads from your kit, you're going to have a bad time. If this is your first time clearing a malfunction, you're gonna have a bad time. Now, granted, sim rounds bring a whole new ca- a whole new case of malfunctions, you know. Yeah. Not a lot but, of people know, are ever go gonna go Yeah, ahead. not a lot of people are gonna ever deal with the squib, but Funny enough, because it's just the nature of force on force ammo, you get them a lot, you know, so you have to kind of recognize that, you know, a lot of stuck cases, a lot of debris in your star chamber, which can happen with live ammo. You know, you hear about primers getting broken out, you know, punched out, and then they end up in your star chamber. And then all of a sudden you've got a really weird jam. You're not sure what's causing. So, yeah. And, and, you know, that's the other thing I remember. It's like we would, we would show up like originally we would show up, because like there wasn't a whole of loaner options as far as the guns and kit would go 
Like you would show up and use like a, the first time you go, you show up with like nothing and you get a loner, a loner, uh, SIM gun and a loner mask. And you realize after the first night that you never want to do that again because you can't see anything out of those masks and the loner yeah. gun suck. So then the next time you show up with your own mask and your own gun and you realize, I don't really want to do this to my own gun. <laughs> so like, yeah. I know a lot of dudes were like getting really just dirt cheap PSA uppers and putting them on their guns. Because, like, you'll get done with a round, and then you come into to the op board, you know, Love Shack, and you see dudes, like, pouring rubbing alcohol down the barrel and ramming rods down the barrel to clear, you know, uh, Oh, yeah, man. I got, really well acquainted. I got really well acquainted with um, literally, like, brake clean or, like, goo gone, just pouring that shit all over everything. Yep. And uh, I know that if I if I go back um, to do the op four thing, instead of just like a class or like, you know, whatever the hell else. I know I'll definitely take a second upper or I might just have a dedicated UTM sim round upper. Yeah. Guys really doing that. And if you have a dedicated upper, it's like, Oh cool. I fucked up this PSA. Who cares? Yeah, like that, that's kind of the way it is because like you just, you got to be rough with them to get that crap out of there, man. Especially oh, yeah. if it's hot and it's sitting there and swelled up or if it, if you let it sit there with one in there for too long, like that thing's like glue in there if you're not careful. And oh yeah, I think like kind of rolling into that what you're talking about, like getting used to like clearing malfunctions in your gun. Like you're not only doing it, like, and to anyone who's not been there, it's primarily if not solely done at night. Like they do yeah. everything in the dark, just about. Um, and that's another thing entirely. But like if you're having a clear malfunction in the dark under stress while like an entire team is barreling down a hallway at you, that's a whole different ball game than you sitting there doing it in your room like on a shot timer. Yeah. Like, and you like, like, you've got to be able to do that without looking at it. You got to know how to run a paint can opener, like in your chamber and, and grab the rim of a casing and rip that sucker out of there and get stuff going. Yeah. And not only that, you know, you might be doing it. Like you said, it's almost all in darkness. You might be doing it with just like a little headlamp going off, but or you might also be doing it. By <laughs> what? Or just completely about feel because you have nothing working for you. Yeah. And you're wearing thick gloves too. Cause you know, you have to make, the determination, like, do I want my fingers to, like, do I want to lose a fingernail or do I want to have, like, bruising all over my hands or do I want to, you know, wear thicker gloves? I found that that was an issue I had was, like, I tried grabbing one of the uh, – I tried, like, literally just picking out, like, one of the broken little, like, paint rounds out of the uh, out of the chamber and I couldn't do it with the glove. I had to go grab the little paint can opener and actually scoop it out because yeah. the thickness of the glove. And I was using Mechanics Impacts. And I size down. I try to get like small so that it's tighter on the finger. But even then, that was still like, you know, you're working with very small little like spots. So it, it's nothing, you know. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. If you ever, it, just anyone listening, if you ever do get the opportunity to go out there, take class, you know, be a student. I highly encourage you. It. it was well worth the flight. It was. Yeah, I was. I was actually highly looking into doing Tusk this year because they should be doing second semester Tusk. I think it's in like October. And so now that I know, you know, now that I know what I'm getting myself into the logistics, it's a little easier. It'll be so, but, um, hey, but yeah, so that's kind of what I was up to. Not to make this the whole thing about Tusk, although, you know, there's not a lot of info out there, whether that's by design, just like, yeah, whatever the hell. You just not enough people that go there talk about it. It's fun. But, yeah. you know, besides that, I've been working on YouTube, uh, Patreon, Twitter. And uh, I realized a few things. One, Twitter's a war zone, but it sucks. Uh, it's, it's, I guess, but hey, you're, you're, coming kinda, you're coming in kind of garbled. Can you repeat that last? Twitter what? Twitter uh, is a war zone. It's just like one of those places where a lot of people – are very, very mean to each other. And I'm not saying this, like, being a stranger to, like, just, like, shit-talking or anything like that, but, like, dudes, people are unhinged on Twitter. That's what I find. Like, people will 100% be like, like, you should be fucking dead and this and that. I'm like, oh, God. I don't know. Maybe it's just because Instagram's a little bit more insular to your community. You kind of see what you want to see. Twitter, you see, you know, Twitter's like a battlefield. But that's neither here nor YouTube's cool. The uh, thing I don't like about YouTube is you can't really private message someone so it kind of sucks you have to do it in comments and shit like that yeah that, that's something i was finding the few the few videos i've put out and i don't 
I don't know if it's just a setting that I have. Like, I don't get any notifications when anybody comments on anything. So, like, oh. I'll forget to go back and look. And, like, two weeks later, I go back and look. There's, like, 37 comments, and I haven't answered him, and I feel like a prick. Yeah, yeah. And then you're just like, oh, shit. But, um, you know, I tried branching out. And I, I still do want to keep all these avenues open. Like, I, I, there's there's nothing there's nothing in me that's like, oh, I want to just, just do what I was doing before, solely going back to Instagram. If anything, getting banned and having to switch to a burner phone made me realize that if you don't have if you don't have a couple lifeboats set up, you're you're just at the mercy of whatever platform decides to fucking you know decide you decide to call home and then you get banned off of it. Yeah. So now I know the strat. Um, I don't know why I was like so profusely banned. That was kind of like a big question of mine because a lot of it's not like I don't know if you remember. It's not like I was posting anything that was like any different from what anyone else was posting. It yeah. wasn't anything super. That's what I couldn't crazy. understand either. When you're like, I'm gone. I'm like, oh, okay. So, you, so you're like, no, I'm gone. Like, like I'm gone. <laughs> I was like, yeah. well, geez, like, you're not really posting anything any edgier or less edgy than anyone else, like, or me or anything like that. And like, I've had a couple. Yeah. That's it. Like, nothing, nothing really has ever came of it. But yeah, I don't know. But you know, that's that's neither here nor there. There might be some power that be that saw whatever I was writing and didn't like it, or maybe I was just the unlucky idiot that got caught in the dragnet, and it happens, but eh, whatever. I, I now know how to defeat it, and uh, it's, you know, it sucks that I have to spend money to do it, but, like, it's not a lot of money, so I don't care. Yeah. So I I am now functionally immortal on here. So yeah, And, you know, that's another thing. It's like having the different avenues, like the, the Woodline website that we all kind of came in on that was one of the reasons we did that is because yeah if you own it you don't have to worry about censorship right so it's like we own we own the website we can put whatever we want to on there you know barring some things i'm sure but like <laughs> you don't have to worry about some overlord be like oh you can't put that on there and that's one of the reasons we all kind of chipped in and, and paid for the website and built all that together yeah no i know and it's, you know, if you want to read articles, it has a forum too. So worst yeah. case scenario, every other, if everyone somehow got like super banned from everything at the same time, there is a forum lifeboat, Yeah, you know? So yeah, basically having a pace plan for your, your content is sort of a thing you have to do now, which is weird, but yeah. it is odd. it's odd that you have to fight through that censorship, but we've all done it. We've all got some backups to backups to backups, so. We're fighting a uh, we're fighting a righteous battle against gigantic powers. Yep. And so you know, it, it's it, cool. You're gonna censor me? That's fine. I'm just gonna keep being like a fly, just you know, zipping yep. around your head. A fly in the ointment. <laughs> the so, monkey wrench. So one of the things I wanted us to talk about uh, was like your first like comeback post. <laughs> like you came back swinging, man. It wasn't. It was like, hey guys, I'm back. I'm gonna be posting some stuff. It was just like a call to arms of sorts when you were talking about how, when you came back, you saw how the community had shifted to, uh, to more of what the, like a modern minute man. Do you want so, to go more of that? Oh, oh yeah. So that wasn't so much it, as someone as, you know, Reaper 1.1 on Instagram, he messaged me and, you know, he basically said like, that was the whitest of white pills. And that was my intent. Uh, it's very easy in this community to get very like stuck in the dogma of like, oh God, like every, you know, woe is me. They're banning guns. They're doing this and that. My enemies control, you know, X, Y, and Z. I can't do anything. It's very easy to fall into that. But the one thing that they can't control is personal development. No matter what, for the most part, everyone listening to this, everyone in this community has the opportunity to go outside, work out. They can, you know, figure out ways to sneak out into the woods and practice how to make fires or how to set up fighting positions or, you know, hit the local range and group and, you know, zero, make sure the rifles work, attend courses by instructors that have, you know, decades of experience. And then they have, you know, these avenues to pick the brains of people that are a lot more experienced or just have read the literature to a, to a T and can kind of just like are mobile encyclopedias. There's a lot of resources now. And when I tell you that three years ago, that didn't really exist. Like it, it, it existed, but it was a lot harder to separate the wheat from the shaft. But what I can see now is there's very clearly like a conglomerate. It's very easy. If you see X person share, 
you know, like if I see you share someone's post, for the most part, I can trust that you've at least vetted it to some degree. So I can trust that the information is like viable or like if, if, if you know, Pine shares something or, you know, uh, Counting Cooper, you know, any any of these bigger pages start sharing stuff like that. You can kind of gauge that it's it's pretty viable. It's not it's not anything like no one has the interest of like giving anyone wrong info. Everyone here is pretty altruistic. And because of that, you get that over a couple years and you have, you know, the big the big recce push. Uh, I don't know what everyone calls it, but the big push for soldiering, for recce, for field craft, tactics, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that big shift, and with it, you get a lot of guys. That, you know, the average, the average dude now, like in terms of like the gun ownership and just like someone a little bit above the. I just bought my first AR. He is like extremely well equipped. He has a ton of resources at his disposal, and he will figure out how to train. He will find if he doesn't even find anyone else near him. He at least knows what to look for. He's very cautious. He's you know, if you describe them as an animal, he'd be like a like a small like a predator animal, so to speak, just like this creature kind of ambling about, very cautious, very sly, like and, and and dangerous. Of course, I, I guess my point is is like, and I don't, I don't mean dangerous like in a menace to society type way, but dangerous is in like a like a like don't don't like try to kick me or something like that because I will bite you, and it's that sort of thing. Uh, it's kind of a bad analogy, but I, I can see now. You know, if you told if you told someone in the gun community five years ago, hey, in five years, you're going to have a lot of dudes with rucksacks, with camo netting, with thermal scopes, night vision, you know, IR lasers, suppressors, all sorts of things, multiple loadouts, loadouts to lend out to people. You would you wouldn't be laughed at, but you'd be like, that's not that many people. Now I swear I swear it's everywhere. Yeah. I guess, and, you know. and I've been wondering like truly everywhere or is it just a skewed way of seeing it through social media um but what i am finding is like and i don't care anyone who wants to hear this and wants to hear me say this the the pnw gorilla thing like his his page i don't care for a lot of that stuff i just don't and anyone who's asked me i'll tell you that and it's nothing necessarily personal it's just the way it's done it seems like it's a business and it's like every other post is by my by my merch and that just drives me insane but what has came good of that is a lot of like state group chats and like it seems very fed posty like hey everybody comment what state you're from and see who you can meet up with and i was yeah. super, i was super leery of that for a long time and i got roped in one for my state and i was just like not active like i just kind of sat back and watched it and then i was like okay this isn't this isn't like a honey pot i'm going <laughs> to I'm going to, I'm going to comment in here every now and then. And what has came from that and, and the roundabout story to that is we now have, because of that, it went from like this big state group to a smaller, more centralized state group to an even smaller state group to like, now it's like a group of like 10 to 15 dudes that are like for sure about it. And, yeah. And they're, they're putting out like, uh, actual training dates, like, uh, Marauder and, uh, Blood Uncle are both. And I don't know anyone listening may know who I'm talking about. Uh, but Marauder is a contributor or a co, uh, owner of the Woodline, and blood uncle has contributed recently the repelling post on, on the Woodline. but they're local, uh, to me. And they just did like a, a weekend FTX with another group of dudes. And it was just, it's just super cool seeing that that's how it is because I remember like years ago when I was getting into it, the, the militia mindset, was uh that of like we're gonna get together and shoot guns and like that's just kind of what you did is you got to go you shot guns and you looked at each other's stuff and and back slapped and that type of deal and now it's like you're actually going out with a purpose to train and i don't know if it's necessarily that the community has gotten more serious or if like the world and the things that are happening in the world has gotten people taking it more seriously or or maybe it's just, you know, a maturity aspect. I'm not really sure, but I'm happy to see how it's going. And I felt that was what you were talking about with your post. Yeah, dudes are like, dudes are kind of like, I even if, you know, even if I'm exposing myself a little, like it's kind of one of those, like I have to do something because I, I see, I see groups that are antithetical to everything I believe in 
organizing, coalescing, and they're gaining influence. And it's like, I only, you know, I, I cannot, for whatever reason, be at a job, a family, or, you know, a myriad of reasons, I can't gain that same influence, but I can, you know, I can train in case they ever do decide to get violent with me to defend myself, defend my community and, you know, do whatever, do whatever like needs to be done in the moment. But, uh, it's just, like I said, it, I, I really did intend that post to be like, like, Hey, you guys have come a long way. Like just know that the fact of the matter is, is that like dudes are taking sniping classes. Dudes are taking land navigation classes. Dudes are going out and doing shoot houses. They're, they're doing force on force. They're, they're, they're honing that blade. Whereas, you know, five, 10 years ago, and I wasn't around in the community 10 years ago, but, you know, five, 10 years ago, you might have had just like, it, it might have been a much smaller subsect today because of, like it or not, big pages that are retailers. You know, T-Rex Arms is a big one, kind of pushing for that. Garantham, dudes like that, Spiritus Systems, they became popular and they popularized the whole like, hey, it's, it's cool to have gear and it's cool to train and it's cool to know what you're doing. And it's also been a lifeboat for a lot of vets um, who get out. And I can tell you this, like, with pure certainty, at least in my point of view. You know, I got out of the military, and it's kind of like, fuck, man. Like, if I want to do anything like this again, I have to go airsoft. And I'm not talking shit about airsoft or anything like that. But it's it's a different community, and it's kind of like, it has its pros, its cons, whatever. But now it's kind of like, oh, you're doing this with, you're doing this like how you would have in the military, you know. You're, you're honing that edge with your own actual equipment, your own weapons, your own this and that. You're going out there, you're eating, you know, you're eating out of a bag, you're using a jet boil, you're making fires, you're digging fighting positions, you're going on practice patrols and stuff like that. And it's it's just a lot different than like a little weekend skirmish shooting at the shooting at a bunch of dads and their sons. And not to say there's anything wrong with that, but it's just it's a big it's a far departure. Yeah. Um, I'm happy you kind of brought up was the the post military side of it. Like I remember again years ago, like five, six, seven years ago. If you were a dude like me, like, and I, I tell everyone who ever asks, and it's I, I talk about all the time, like I'm not military, never have been. Uh, I'm I'm straight civilian. Um, <laughs> if you were me five or ten years ago, and you broached the subject of wanting to train like this aspect of like, it was one of those things, like the only thing, if you were a civilian, you were okay to train was like self-defense and home defense. Like if you were yeah. doing those two things is like you were in your lane, but like anytime you tried to branch out of that, you got shot down with stay in your lane. You don't know, there's no reason for you to do this. And I remember that was, that was one of the first lessons I got in uh, primary secondary when that was first kicking off on like Facebook and all that. And I joined in on that. It was, I would ask questions like, Hey, like, if you're in this area, like, similar to mine, what what camo are y'all using? Like, what's working good? Well, why do you need to know that? You, you need to be focused on, like, shooting, you know, your the length of your house. And once you can do that, then you can worry about getting this. And, like, you don't need anything but a holster and a gun. And, like, it just, it was like every time you tried to broach the subject or do anything about it, you had to have, like, this, this criteria met. You had to have this prerequisite of being law enforcement or military or something like that. And if you weren't, then you were like not a part of the cool kids club and like that was not allowed. And I'm not yeah. saying that's how that I, I haven't been on Facebook or primary sector or anything like that in years, but I remember that was how it was when I first got into it. And it was kind of just like, it was an absolute kick in the nuts when, when you do that. But the other aspect of that is you then start listening and doing that. So then that's all I was focusing on was the, the home defense self-defense aspect. And that's important. But it's like I lost a lot of ground in the things that I was interested in and things that are also pertinent because of because of that. And now I'm not seeing that. Now I'm seeing a lot of military dudes be like, hell yeah, man. I don't care if you, you know, work at the bank, you know, grab your ruck, grab your chest, we'll go out and train. And it's just yeah. so great seeing that in the community. Yeah. When it comes to the whole, like, 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 so before back then, and uh, the, like, let's say 10 years ago, you know, you would be people stay in your lane, you know, don't do this, that. And I think the problem was, is you also got that with between the military and the police. And it's probably damage to both organizations as a whole, just because like those lessons, like a cop's lessons learned 
a soldier might scoff at. And likewise, a cop, you know, a soldier might be like, hey, like, I'm not going to teach you how to room clear because you're just a beat cop, like whatever, you're a civilian or, you know, whatever, whatever people were, maybe it wasn't to that degree. I'll, I'll be honest, I wasn't really around that much, but it, it very felt very much felt like it's like oh cool you don't need this and that but the, the thing is is that the, the times have changed and adversary groups you know police now have to contend with like large masses of pseudo paramilitary organizations that just want to cause chaos wreak havoc and they have access to ars they have access to handguns they make molotov cocktails so it's like okay cool we're not fighting we're not dealing with a force that's much more of a pure force and we need to kind of learn and, you know, not to comment on police militarization or whatever, but like tactics wise, like I've never I've never felt that tactics are anything that should be like like how to do things is how should be limited to anyone. Really, like I'm, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm kind of trailing off. But basically, a lot of things that were esoteric 10 years ago are not esoteric anymore. And uh, the stuff that kind of should be still is. And usually it's pertaining to explosives and stuff like that. And right. I'm not going to delve into that. But, like, for the most part, everything around it, you know, precision marksmanship at long range. Like, dudes are like, hey, yeah, you should – this is how you make a ghillie suit. It's not just, like, this is how you shoot a dime-sized group at 500 yards. It's, like, this is how you make a – you know, this is how you build a sniper hide. You know, this is how you get netting. And everyone's just kind of cool with it. This is how you set up a cryptid radio network. The, the, the lines have changed. Every, and we've all kind of realized that – for the most part, we kind of want to all be on the same side or close to the same page. So you're getting a lot of the institution has created itself in a different way. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting globally as a whole. Everyone's just sick of the the over. I'm, I'm, okay, they're sick of the overlords, right? Like, yeah, as a whole. And, like years ago, like mid mid GWAT, it was like not quite degree like the people were getting out were kind of fed up with but a lot of people are still like yeah i'm gonna go in and and that's not i'm not saying that's wrong but now it's like after it's all said and done it's like you've had this huge wave of people they're like well this was just all all for fucking not and now i'm i'm mad about this and i'm not saying that you should do this for a place of anger but like it's almost like there was this giant self-realization that everyone's just tired of it so now let's just all get on the same page and work together as opposed to everyone working like in different directions. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's interesting times. And like I said, the whole, the whole post was kind of like the, the basis. And it was just like, this is a, we've all come a long way and let's keep going. Cause we're, we're, we're making good strides. Right. We have, don't get bogged. I'm, think you have to stop like keep, keep working, keep improving your position sort of thing. Yeah. If anything, that post was like a, Hey, stand here, stand here on this cliff top, take a break, admire the view, and then keep on climbing. Yep. So, so. yeah, but that was uh, kind of moving on a little and kind of getting into more uh, that Reddit post. Uh, and I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. In regards to the, you know, the Roe v. Wade and, you know, whatever. I'm not even going to comment on, like, how people feel about abortion or, you know, pro-choice, pro-life. But it's it, – you can probably guess – how I feel about it. And, you know, everyone's opinion is ultimately nuanced, but what I am going to comment on is uh, the absolute audacity of someone to go ahead uh, that Reddit, whoever the fuck that was on Reddit to go ahead and say that like the audacity of going out and saying like, Oh, you know, we'll just send a hundred people to, uh, to these small rural towns and we'll just burn them down. Like you want to see what a real town looks like destroyed. And it's like, it, it's, it's, it's the snake showing its true colors and you just kind of right. see it. And, uh, I know, you know, coniferous, I know pine made a post about it today on Instagram yeah. talking about, Hey, this is, you know, like, yeah, we're all kind of joking. Like, Hey, you know, uh, they probably won't do that. It's probably won't happen, but you got to kind of look at, you still got to take it as somewhat of a credible threat. It's like, if you made a threat against a politician or a public figure, even if it's stupid, even if it sounds stupid and you know, anyone, looking at it is like oh that's probably not credible you still have to kind of consider it a credible threat i know we should be treating things like that the same way it's like well you know if they if there are people saying yeah we should go to you know we should go to small town usa and burn it down because they're christians or they're this and that like that's that's alarming and yeah it's one person saying it but you know who knows how that thread looked like and how many more people were commenting on it 
who knows how many people are sharing it in closed circles thinking it's a good idea. Like it's, it's definitely something to be cautious about. And if anything, it's an affirmation of what I said, like, Hey, good job that you guys have been training because how, if this did happen, how much worse off would you be if you didn't have this training? If you were just grabbing like a hunting rifle and trying to fight off like a platoon bearing down on your house, like how much better would you be doing? Would you be off? And you know, it's, it's pretty staggering, striking. Yeah. And just because one person posted doesn't mean a thousand people aren't seeing it and feeling it. Exactly. And I know when that, when that came out, my group, because I, and I'm, I'm not on social as much as I was. And even within the closed group, I'm, I'm popping in every now and then and commenting type deal. And they know that, but I, I was seeing, they were talking today or I think it was today or yesterday, you know, they were, they were cranking up their awareness level. It was like, we're not walking around in like full kit. And that's not what anyone should be saying. That's not what like, Pine was talking about with his post is like you don't need to be just walking around a full kit because of this, but like you need to have that awareness level cranked up because this has been said. It's out in the open. It's not one of those things that was whispered behind closed doors and it just kind of slowly filtered down. Like it was posted on a social media platform, a prominent social media platform. It was not yeah. not taken down that I know of. It was not subjugated in any way, shape, fashion, or form, which is another thing that that pisses me off because had you and I posted something on there that was controversial i'm sure it would have got but you know something like that we'd be in prison man yeah so it's like like we just all kind of cranked it up a little bit and um because we live in in small rural towns so so but we got to talking i was like okay this is what would this be and and how would this go and and that type of thing and it was nice because we all had a general plan um and and the way we have done the group so far is while there will be group meet like field training exercises and training days and stuff when we do it i personally have not gotten to make it to one because of my work schedule which is annoying but i know that the the way that we're laying it out like a foundation of education so it's like teaching each other so that the next time someone else teaches the topic and that type of thing that way because because we've realized we're so spread out we know that the best thing that we can do is instead of having one group of 10 guys we could have 10 groups of 10 guys if we needed to yeah, because if everyone knows the material, then they can take that material and teach it to ten other people if they need to. Type of thing. So like, I could, yeah. I could have a group of ten to twenty dudes in my town, and then two towns down where another guy in the group is, he could have a group of ten to twenty dudes, and that's going to be exponentially better than having a very small cell of like only ten dudes that are that are super tight knit and core. But if you're spread out across your state and you're meeting to to train, you're not really gaining as much as you could. Yeah, I mean, so like, for example, I live in a gated community, you know, it's just kind of the nature of living in Florida is everything's a gated community, or it's a really old neighborhood. Anything new construction by default is gated. So already you're sectioned off into that area by whatever, whatever, um, you know, lines the planners drew. But you know, you have neighbors. And at some point, you know, your neighbors might ever, if let's say you did live near some sort of rioting or some sort of like civil unrest or, you know, in my, in my example, maybe a hurricane comes through and things get bad and people start hearing from their friends about looting. Your neighbor comes up to you and he's like, Hey man, uh, this stuff's going on. And I know you were in the military or I know you train with this stuff. Can you show me like how to defend myself? And it's like, cool. You now have someone that lives really close to you that you can rely, you know, there's now another eye in the neighborhood that you can kind of like train and, you know, uh, I don't know how to explain it. Just kind of like train. They're like your mounting yards, so to speak. Yeah. And you're, you're, you know, you're there playing the role of, you know, you're the American one, advisor, the training your neighbors to get to this level of proficiency because you all have a common vested interest in keeping your neighborhood safe. So, you know, it, that, that in and of itself seems like, it's going to kind of be the way forward. Not so much to kind of teach everyone like, Hey, everyone in my neighborhood is going to have a plate carrier under their bed. Everyone's going to have an AR hanging over their bed and stuff like that. But it'll be one of those, like, you know, at least everyone in the neighborhood's a little more cautious and those yeah. people who are interested in defending it can coordinate. And, yeah. you know, you have a little neighborhood watch or your quick reaction force or your, you know, whatever. Yeah, and that's one of the things. Like, I think I commented on your on your initial post about it. It's like this is what I was meaning with the whole dystopian warlord post or article that I put up on on Woodline. 
and and I followed up. I think I followed up with an episode on here too. But like now is the time to make your community stronger. Like if you're if you're a person who's a part of the community and you're fully invested in preparing for the future, one of the best things you can do is help build your community and make it stronger. You don't have to be like the 100% go-to dude, but if no one else is stepping up and doing it, someone's got to grow a pair of balls and do something about it. Exactly. And, and if, because if no one does, then, then no one's gaining anything. And you're, and you're never going to get it right. You're never going to do everything perfect. You're never going to just create the perfect utopia because there is no such thing. But like we finally had, uh, I, I started a farmer's market thing here. And we finally had a productive day of it yesterday where we actually had people coming out and bringing stuff to sell and other people were buying and networking and that type of deal. It wasn't huge, but it was a start. But last year that never would have happened because no one was yeah. doing that. And like we have, we had a community day for the stool, the, the, the town, um, like two weekends ago. Well, that really didn't start until a couple years ago when it got brought up to uh, the community uh, city council and stuff. So like, if you're someone who is tired of, of how things are, like if you live in a community and you have like a community of, uh, that actually has like a small government, like a city council or whatever it is, or HOA or, or whatever, if, if you're tired of it and you're the one who's sitting there bitching and moaning in your house and not doing anything while you suck down your eighth beer, how about you get up and go do something about it? How about you go join whatever that government association is and try and actually implement things that make it better instead of sitting there whining? And that's what I was kind of getting into when you're like, well, you know, your neighbors are a QRF. Well, if your neighbors don't know you, then your neighbors don't know you. It doesn't matter how small I, I see it all the time. Go, oh, yeah, I'm from a small town. Like, dude, it doesn't really get any smaller than my town. I've got 300 people in my town. That's it. Jesus. And like, like I graduated with 22 people. And, yeah, that's small, and man. I can guarantee you there are some that don't know me or have only seen me. And I'm trying to fix that, but I'm trying to be a positive image when they see me. Because if if everything ended tomorrow, those people who don't know me are only going to see me as this militant dude walking down the road with a rifle and a rug. Yeah, but if you're, you know, the paragon of the community and everyone knows who you are, and, like, they're like, oh, hey, this is the dude that if, you know, if we were cut off from the rest of the world and the Covenant Armada invaded, this is one of the dudes we could look for for coordinating security or whatever, you know? Exactly. It's stuff like that. But, um, yeah, that post was so – it was such a – that – anyone listening, that should be your canary in the coal mine. Uh, stuff like that should be like your – if you haven't decided, like, hey, I need to prepare, hey, I need to have this dialogue with my family, with my friends, with whoever, then that, that should be your canary in the coal mine. It's like, hey, look, we live in a small town. You know, even if we don't hold these values, these people are saying that we're Christian adjacent. And, you know, you might be – Whatever religion you are, you might be trying to find yourself. You might be Christian. It doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is, is someone is starting to codify into words the concept that you're all part of this group that is a threat to whatever sort of wicked, weird, uh, perverse ideology they want to push forward. And they want to punish you the most violent ways possible for it. And so you need to be prepared for that. So that should be a canary in the coal mine, I think. And I think most to most of us, this is nothing new. But like, like this is just kind of like, okay, cool. You're you're just telling me now what I've already suspected or known for a while. Yeah. But and you it's, know, it's, I, it's I, crazy. I yeah, random Reddit poster any more credit than or or attention or anything like that. But one thing that you can relate it to uh, would be this generation's mind comp. Um, yeah. If you're looking for like a, a canary in the coman like connection, like that predates it, this is a good example of this is them. This is the like you said, it's, the, it's they're showing their true colors here, and the follow up to that is how nothing was done about it. So that shows you how high up that goes, how high up that feeling. Yeah. But don't don't well, get down don't it's disheartened. <laughs> you know, don't don't get down on yourself because of that. Understand this is this is your obstacle to overcome. This is your Goliath, and you are David. Yeah, this is, this is they're they're telling you, and this is your opportunity to train for it, so that you know when those hundred crazed psychopaths show up to the, you know, to the edges of your town, if they ever show up, hopefully they never do, but God forbid they do show up, you know, you're ready, 
and you can you can challenge them and you can be like hey either move to a different town or you know the buck stops here yeah and the whole campaign is going to be over before it starts yeah and kind of, you know hope you pack a lunch type of deal uh, hope you hope you pack your underwear because you're gonna be sitting out in the woods for a while yeah yeah well um the next thing i know we don't have a lot of time because you get back to work man but uh recently i guess just tonight we were talking me you and pine were talking in kind of a closed group about how we were talking about gear because you know it, it always revolves around gear sometimes but uh you were saying it depends on what fight you're preparing for and that's something that I, i'm realizing too it's like uh, <laughs> I'm always evaluating and, and not only gear, but like my, my position in things and what I'm preparing for. So like belt kit was a big thing and belt kit still has a place in my heart, but like we were talking about something else, like, you know, combination lighter belts and chest rigs and stuff like that. And you're like, it depends on the fight you're preparing for. So yeah. you, you want to dive into more about kind of what you feel like you're preparing for as far as the so, fight. Ahead? So I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a firm believer in you should be equipped for as many weird idiosyncratic like battles as you might suspect happen and uh, that's very like verbose it's very wordy what i'm saying is like okay so by far and large everyone was concealed carries um we all have a handgun that we're at least hopefully moderately if not well proficient in using uh we all have concealed carry holsters we all practice with handguns this and that and yeah like uh, you know we, we understand that in our head like the, the fight very well might be somewhat an armed robbery at the you know at the corner store and you know for whatever reason there's no other way out except using lethal force so you're forced to use you know lethal force so that might be the fight um but at the same time i also entertain you know everyone for the longest time everyone says oh big hurricane's coming big hurricane's coming big hurricane's coming and if that big hurricane does come and uh it's so bad that like you know, my community might not be affected that bad, but like the keys, for example, might be isolated. You have no idea who else is down there with you. And like, you might know your community, but there might still be transients and desperate people down there, opportunistic cr criminals. And you never know, you know, it might be four dudes running up to your house, trying to steal, trying to, you know, do horrible, unspeakable acts. And that might be the fight you should be preparing for. So you might have an AR, you might have a shotgun, you might have, you know, whatever sort of weapon system you deem necessary for that threat. Or, you know, everyone's, you know, insert, insert popular conspiracy theory here. You know, the Reddit post is one of them. You might be preparing for a hundred man strong group of, you know, Antifa yeah, paramilitaries to descend on your town or your fight might be against, you know, UN gun confiscators, I'm, you know, whatever it might be against the Chinese invading in some red dawn scenario. And, you know, I'm not going to entertain whether or not all of these are fanciful or realistic. And it, it doesn't really matter. I mean, just, I'm sure Ukrainians 10 years ago didn't think they're going to be invaded by Russia and, you know, there they are, but who knows? Like, it's just one of those, like the, the, I, the winds change and you got to kind of be prepared for everything. So like, you know, it's not unusual for people to have a concealed carry setup and then like a range training setup, a range training belt. So it shouldn't be unusual for people to have like a, a low vis loadout for like, hey, things might be getting bad. And I don't know if it's going to happen today or tomorrow while I'm out. But if it does happen, at least I have some body armor protection or all the way to like full kit, you know, because like uh, the Russians are invading or the Chinese are invading. And I'm now an infantryman like fighting an organized military. You know, you should at least prepare for whatever eventuality. So when I say like, you know, you're preparing for whatever fight you believe is coming. Like, you should believe that quite a few fights are coming just because that's kind of the nature of all this stuff. Now, I'm, should you go into debt buying, like, a brand-new rock and a brand-new plate carrier and nods? Like, no, no, don't do that. But, like, just be smart about your gear setup. And if you can make one all-round gear setup, cool. But if you kind of want to get more nuanced in it and try different stuff out, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. And another thing you can do is have kit that works together, like scalability wise. Like, like yeah. you necessarily have to have a, a complete uh, plate carrier and a complete chest rig and a complete belt kit. Whereas you could have like a slick plate carrier with a chest rig that you could wear over said plate carrier, or you could wear the plate carrier with your belt kit or however. Because I, I, I'm kind of the same boat. Like, I'm trying to prepare for multiple avenues. And uh, at the same time, I'm also testing and seeing what's going to work. And I don't necessarily, a lot of people are like, I'm going to buy this because so-and-so bought it. And it's, if it works for them, it works for me. 
and I'm not of that mind, which it, it, people give me a lot of crap. <laughs> some of it deserves, some of it not for constantly buying and selling stuff. But I'm always trying to figure out what's going to work for me and what's going to work best for me. So like, I might buy five things and sell four. Well, out of those five things, I found one thing that really, really worked. And I can cling on to that. And then I move on to to other things until I build up that system that I'm looking for. And, and I personally, I always suggest if anyone can do that, that's the best way to do it. And, and for real, I always look at used stuff too. Like there's, there's a telegram gear exchange that I'm a part of and there's dudes all the time moving stuff on there and for good prices. And you don't have to pay brand new sticker prices for stuff. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of resources. I kind of wanted to do a post on like, Hey, if you're like a vet or like, you know, a vet and they don't care and they don't mind straw purchasing you gear, not really guns or anything like that, but like, you know, clothing gear, like binoculars, stuff like that. You know, there's like, you know, vets and first responders can make like an expert voice or like a GovX account and you'll get like marginal discounts on brand new stuff. But sometimes they'll have sales where you're getting a significant discount, especially clothing wise. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so you can save a buck here, save a buck there. Yeah. That's, that's the thing I don't see a lot of people investing time and money into is like field clothing. Like they'll have like a, they went to Goodwill and found like the one pair of pants and one pair and one, one top in their camo that they're going with. And that's like all the, and I'm not saying wrong shopping at Goodwill, I do it all the time. But like that's the only one they have, and they don't have anything stacked deep. Well, like if you're preparing for field stuff, like if you've got a really nice truck and, and chest rig and everything else, but you've got one set of field clothing, like you you need you need to prioritize other directions because you need to have more field clothes and stuff. Yeah, and if, you know, if you're even just clothing wise, if you're practicing for some some weird like limited intensity engagement where like you might have to like like you might be fighting out one night and then the next night you're at working at your farm but you might still get attacked or you might be out in town doing peacekeeping or whatever and you might not want to be in camel out there right you know figure out like figure out plain clothes stuff solid colors muted colors clothing, you know mix it all together that's definitely that would be a good thing for us to talk about at a different time what i will say just briefly is like earth tones go with everything <laughs> So, like, if you can just get work clothing for around your home and homestead or whatever that's earth tone, you're you're ahead of the game versus to someone in like skinny blue jeans and neon pink vans. Yeah. So, there's also something to be said about some degree of professionalism. Yeah. If, like, if you show out there in regular, you know, if you show out there in like a soccer jersey and like some like trainer like jogger jogging pants or whatever and some running shoes. People might not take you as seriously than if you showed out there and like you know even though it's cheap like a pair of true spec pants like cargo pants with like a matching polo or something and then your gear over it like you just look a lot more like that's professional. Something to be said about that. Yeah, and that's one of the things that our group did is we set early on we set an SOP. We talked about it and and actually did research on it and decided that on a camo for our group. So like our main group, anytime we do any FTXs or anything like that. We all wear said camo. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean I have to be dedicated to that camo anytime I'm doing anything. So, like, for instance, if we decided that we're only going to use uh, Tiger Stripe for, uh, for the main group camo, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's all I have to use. But it, if anyone sees us training or we, we put anything out there, we look much more professional than some ragtag group that's just cobbled together. Um, and it's not necessarily that you are a ragtag group, but you have to understand that when pictures and videos and things like that go out on the internet, it's out there and people are going to evaluate that because we're visual learners. We're picking up on all of this and you can have the Gucciest kit ever, but if you, if you look like you just came out of a homeless shelter, you're not, you're not going to get the same response as if you were a, a organized group of dudes all dressed the same, all wearing roughly the same kit and in the same color and camo pattern, um, at least in your training. Now, that doesn't mean I have to, if, if it was tire stripe is what we went with, that doesn't mean that that's the only thing I ever have to have because maybe it doesn't actually work that great in my area. Maybe multicam works better in my area. So I can have a training set for the group and then have stuff that works best for me in my area. For sure. Absolutely. And, you know, there's something to be said about legitimacy and uniformity. 
But yeah, that I think that's a big topic for like another day. Oh, for sure. And, yeah. uh, to a degree, a lot of guys would probably be better served by not posting their uniforms and them in their getups with like whatever their IFF system is, just for opsec yeah. reasons. That that like we definitely on that the IFF we're going with is not going to be posted. It's not going to be yeah. out public. Um, it's not going to be a traditional IFF method is what I'm hoping that we can get going. It's something that I'm working on. It's something actually you and I talked about long ago. Um, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So, so that's something that we're working on, but that's, we, we try as much as we can in the pictures, um, just for, you know, per second opsec. But at the same yeah. time, we, we want people to understand that it's a, a organized group that's actually intent on, on being professional. So versus the uh the the militia that a lot of people get drawn into their mind of like the group of 40 year old beer gut dudes hanging out in like woodland bdus and and stuff like that absolutely you know it's a new generation things have changed i would love for us to have another uh episode relatively soon where we kind of discuss that image and and oh yeah we can talk about that how it's changing we can talk about that. We can talk about the dreaded M word that no one likes to say, and it's yeah. probably smart that no one says, but you know, yeah, we can yeah. talk about that. Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, I, I know you got to get back to work, so we can wrap it up for the night, and then we'll try yeah. back up on a different night to do. Uh, oh, a yeah. pretty soon. Oh yeah, we got almost an hour here, so. Yeah. All right, man. It was great having you. I'm I'm super happy to see you back. I know you and I have been talking even even after you kind of got off. We we still maintain some calms. There's some different changes. Yeah. Stuff, so I'm I'm happy yeah. to see you back on the Instagram. You know, fighting the good fight with everybody. And now people will maybe leave me alone and quit asking me when you're coming back. <laughs> I am back. Operator is back. And uh, if you want to find me, I am under a different name, a yeah. much more distinguished okay. name, at Op for Consultation. Um. Whether that means anything for the future is to be determined, but for now, it's at least very, uh, very refined. So, yeah, I like it. It's a, it's a classy name. I like it too. It took some. It took like five minutes of thinking, but then I thought it, and I'm like, oh, that you know, that sounds cool. And I figured it was enough. It was close enough to my original name. One of the alts I was gonna make, uh, when it first happened, was like changing the name completely. And while that's cool, it does kind of make it hard for people to find you. At least when yeah. people see op for it, uh, you know, I got questions like, hey, are you this, you know, are you operator? And I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, this is, the, this is the new account. So, yeah. By the way, if uh, you ever get permaban, just go buy a burner phone. Yep, that's the way. <laughs> you should have burner phones. Yeah. All right. All right, man. Well, you take it easy. Stay safe. And uh, we'll Thank catch you, you next time. Yeah. Let me know when it's up. Yes, sir. Thanks. All right. Bye.